0: If you have a copy of God's Word, I would invite you to turn with me to Romans 15. We are continuing our series that is all about who God is and how He works in our lives. This is an important thing for us to... Think through and process together We have so many concepts of God and who he is And and what our relationship with him should look like So what we're going to do over the next several weeks Is just go directly to the word To passages from all around the Bible really To see who God is and who the word says he is And how who he is forms his character And the way that he interacts with us And the way that we as God's people ought to interact with him So we're filling the blank in every week with different words And last week we talked about the God of encouragement From right here in the same passage, Romans chapter 15 But we're going to go a few verses down today And spend some time talking about the God of hope I think this is a really important message for us today Because hope is one of those interesting church words It's almost like in the spare change compartment of our spiritual vehicle, Right? Uh, We know it's there, we kind of reach for it when we need it We know it's a value so we don't discard it But we don't always really know when we need it or what it's going to look like to use it and think about it We've made hope really a very ethereal and abstract term Oftentimes, we we think about how we feel when we think about hope. We think about emotions. We think about the way kind of we uh, feel in our lives. And really, that, that word feel is part of the problem, quite honestly. We've turned hope into a feeling or an emotion. But the reality is, hope is way beyond wishing or longing for something to occur. We use the phrase hope for things like, I hope the Astros win the World Series, Again, I mean, again Or I hope, maybe parents, you feel this one I hope the kids don't get sick this week Right, like we, we hope is like it's a wishing or longing for something to occur in our lives But what I want you to understand today Is that not only today, but every day, as Christ followers Hope isn't a feeling, rather hope is a reality hope is a state of being it's a place where we stand a reality that ought to change every single part of our lives hope is not attached to the whims of this world but hope is attached to our sovereign lord aren't you thankful for that friends but do you live in the way i know none of you are like wow what a brilliant i'm writing that down i've never thought of this before oh but if you look at your life I don't know that we can say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Like, oh, great song. But do you know what we live like? My hope is built on everything going just the way I think it should. (laughs) When darkness seems to hide his face, I tuck my tail and run away. Right? Right? Like like that is the normal experience of our lives By the way, none of that was in my notes I am a freestyle rapper on the side It's a little known genre that you do in traditional churches Of freestyle hymn singing uh, Not as popular They're going to make a movie called One Mile uh, Featuring my story It's coming out soon Where, where were we? Here we go uh, <laughs> And this is, the, this is the one we record too So that's great The reality is hope is available to us and and it should make us steady and secure in our faith. And, And I just want us to see really one incredible first. We're going to, of course, look at the context around us, but I believe the Lord is going to use this to kind of give us a new paradigm to think about hope and the way we interact with it as the people of God. So uh, you read it with me twice. Let me just read this over you, and then we're going to pray again and ask the Lord to help us understand His Word. Romans 15, verse 13, the Word of the Lord says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Lord, I do pray that we would be your people experiencing the God of hope in a way that leads us to abound in hope. So Lord, would you just help me to to have clarity of thought and speech? And would you help my brothers and sisters to have ears and hearts that are ready to hear and receive the word? And hands and feet that are ready to walk in this hope that you give us to abound in. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. When well, in chapter 15, Paul has written about the God of encouragement and the God of endurance. And the God of encouragement wants to encourage you so that you can encourage others. And how is it that he wants to encourage you? And how is it that he wants you to encourage others? Where well, the answer was the word of God, the written scriptures. This is what we are to use to encourage each other and to be encouraged by. So we read the word and we're encouraged. We share the word and we're encouraged and others around us are encouraged encouraged well what is it that they're encouraged by in the word of god well in this section of scripture paul goes on to talk about some of the specific promises that god keeps brothers and sisters we have a god that keeps his promises and when we read those promises in his word we are encouraged and one of the chief promises is the promise of salvation to those who call upon him so the first promise that he talks about in this text is the promise of god saving the jews and really this is a stunning reality for the Jews Even though most Jewish believers probably didn't see it this way They didn't see it as a stunning reality It was almost expected They were kind of the good church folks who were like Well yeah, God saved me And if you're honest, some of you feel that way today a little bit You would never articulate that But, but we kind of feel like, well I'm a pretty good person And I've been in church my whole life Of course I'm saved But friends, Paul is reminding all of the good church folks out there That their salvation is an amazing work of grace That we ought to marvel at today We have a God who keeps his promises Though we are sinners and we mess it up We are not faithful, but he is faithful Praise God for his faithfulness and salvation But not only are the Jews saved But the Gentiles have been gloriously saved by Christ Even though we were a far off people We were not a people in fact God has now made us a people Through his death, burial, and resurrection And we don't have time to go into all of this, but Paul, I love that he brought the receipts for this theology. This isn't a new breaking ground kind of thing where Paul says, you've never thought of it this way. Let me explain this. No, he brings uh, all of the passages from the Old Testament prophecies that say the Lord is going to save his people and in saving his people, he will glorify himself so that even people who are not his people will become his people that's encouraging today friends Paul didn't make this up this was God's plan for before the foundations of the world were laid he had a plan to draw Jews and Gentiles to himself and perhaps today the Lord might be working that plan in your life maybe today you're here and you just kind of got drugged to church you don't even know why you came today somebody made you come said oh you got to come hang out you got to come and experience this and you're here today i want you to know that the lord is still in the business of drawing people to himself today might be the day that the lord jesus would call out to you and if he is friend please Know that he died on the cross for your sins So that you might have life When God raised him up After dying on the cross And taking sin and death to the grave God raised him up through his power And those who recognize they are sinners And call out to this Savior Though you are great sinners We have a great Savior And when we call out to him And surrender our lives to him In that very moment Our sins are paid for By the death of Christ on the cross And new life is given to us Through the power of his resurrection as beautifully demonstrated by our sister the old us dies we are buried with Christ and raised to walk in a brand new way of life brothers and sisters this salvation can be yours today If the Lord is calling do not delay come alive wake up O oh sleeper you can know and experience this God of hope we're talking about in an incredible way so all of this brings us to this powerful verse that we find here in verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Friends, you need to know that this was not just meant to be one of those flowery, beautiful Christian verses that you can put on a throw pillow on your couch or on one of those knitted things that you, your grandma made you, right? Right? Like, like that's not what this is about. Paul was not writing a 500-word essay and needed a few more words to get in there. Oh, I'm the only one who did that, apparently. You're all looking at me like I'm crazy. The adjectives come out. Beautiful, flowery language, and you didn't really say anything, but you said a lot. Uh, some of you are like, that describes half your sermons. Thank you. Uh, just said it for you so you didn't have to. Though flowery language is not something I'm oft accused of. Uh, so, for the record... <laughs> No, instead, this is the Holy Spirit of God letting Paul and us in on an incredible, game-changing truth. So I want us just to really dig into this verse, and we're going to do some hard work here to see what it is, this hope that he provides. And and I want you to notice again in verse 13 that similar to what we found back in verse 5, this is in the language of prayer. Paul says, may the God So he is praying for us here Asking the Lord to do something in his people As Christ has saved his people Now Paul is praying that this God of hope Would fill us with all joy and peace in believing Now the first thing that I want us to consider today is How is it that we are filled? What does it look like for us to be filled? We hear a lot of language in our world about filling, right? We want to seek a new filling. We want, we want to experience the, the filling of the Lord. And I believe that a lot of this language comes from our mystical Christian confused culture. Things like, fill us up, Lord. What does that mean? Don't be weird, church people. Like, we, you, we do this. We use this weird language that oftentimes has a hint of biblicism, but it's not really biblical and we say weird things that just confuses everybody around us and those people say well I've never kind of experienced that kind of thing so I guess I must not be a believer we always start with this weird intangible mystical deal guys did you know that we have a Bible praise God most of the time when people use this language of filling they're talking about some emotional experiential or charismatic type of experience and I want to just tell you that this is extra biblical this is not the experience of the scriptures Paul is not praying for you and I and asking that we would have kind of the, the extra warm fuzzies during a worship service he, he's not praying that we would have good vibes or happy feelings oh Paul wants us to be filled with the things that only come through faith and when we have faith then the power of the Holy Spirit works in us and this becomes an abiding constant real tangible joy and peace not a feeling but a reality and the way we get there according to this text is by faith faith is what fills us When we're asking to be filled, we're asking to be filled with faith. Now, when I use this word faith, I want you to know that I'm not talking about simply saving faith, though that is where faith begins. Faith is born when we are saved and we place our faith in Christ, and that is a saving faith. But you know from our sermons through the book of Colossians that this faith is not just meant to be a saving faith, but it is a growing faith. And we see in this text that this is present tense. Paul says we are filled with joy and peace in believing. It's a present tense verse. It's active. It's saying as we are believing, we are growing in our faith. And as we are growing in our faith, we are filled with the things that matter. So you say, well, well pastor, that still sounds kind of weird. How do I grow in my faith? Well, just go a few paragraphs back in Romans ten seventeen. You know what the Bible says? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ do you want to grow in your faith today brothers and sisters grow in the word of god get in the word of god until the word of god gets in you and when we do that we find ourselves becoming a people who are filled with all joy and peace the god of hope through faith fills us with all joy and all peace i love that word all like in the original Greek language, that means all. All joy, all peace. Not, not just a little bit of peace to try to help me get through a tough time. Not a little bit of joy to make it through a case of the Wednesdays. No, brothers and sisters, all joy and all peace is yours today through faith in Christ. And, and I need you to understand today, Paul is not talking to a group of people who are living their best life in first world country. Oh who's he writing this to? The Church in Rome. Like even like cursory history lessons are going to tell you about the evil emperors who tried to squash Christianity. We've talked about Nero and other evil emperors and leaders who would literally impale Christians and put them on top of poles and light them on fire and use them as lamps at their garden parties. You've heard of the Christians that are thrown into the arena with wild animals to be torn limb from limb as thousands watched and cheered and gathered alongside. And Paul writes to the people who have experienced some of this and will experience even worse after the time of this writing, and he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace. Isn't that stunning? It should be. Friends, our joy and our peace do not come From circumstances outside of us, but from the Holy Spirit, God himself that dwells within us by faith. This is what Paul's pointing to, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So regardless of what we're walking through, our growing faith is producing all joy and all peace so that through the Holy Spirit's power, we abound in hope. I love that word abound it needs to overflow to have so much that, that we're you know I've always used this illustration when it talks about our cup overflowing uh, I've talked about our daughter Margie who still to this day when she gets me water it's like here we go she's going to fill it up to the brim she thinks it's the funniest joke ever and comes walking over to the you know like this trying not to spill it and if she has the least bit of friction a little brother bumps into her or stubs her toe on the couch water's getting everywhere Church, we ought to be so full of hope, abounding in hope, that when people in the world bump into us, they get hope. It's spilling out everywhere. Is this a picture of your life? Are you abounding in this hope today? All the hope we need, and then some, is found when we're walking with Jesus. Isn't this what we need in our lives, church? you see this is a different way to live than the way we're living right now it just is and again theologically I know that many of you maybe this isn't a new theological paradigm but this would be a radically different practical paradigm wouldn't it isn't it sad that we believe all these things and don't live them out that's another sermon isn't it But you know, some of us love information And hey, I love to see you taking notes And being encouraged and growing in theological truth I love that, you know I love that Oh, but man, somewhere along the way I've got libraries, spiral notebooks, full of stuff And it's like, at some point I'd like to do some of this (laughs) I'm the only one, okay, so, all right, And they let me be the pastor, what does that say? If you're a guest with us, pray for us Got a lot of perfect people to shepherd here, it's tough I think most of us just go through the drudgery of life clinging to a lifeless and empty feeling that we call hope but it's not really hope But I want you to see that the Lord is inviting us today to experience a Holy Spirit enabled hope that he provides for us so I want to get really practical with you for a minute and give you a couple of visuals of what I think this tends to look like we're going to talk about the worldly cycle of hope and the biblical cycle of hope so let's start with this worldly model of hope So you see, and I have a screen up here, so if you think I'm just looking to the heavens, I'm looking at the screen with you, but I'm not turning around. So this tends to, worldly hope tends to revolve primarily around our circumstances, right? So if things are good, then we have hope. And this worldly hope is kind of characterized by excitement and joy of a new opportunity. Sometimes it's because there's something new happening or things are good in our lives and we have hope. But what inevitably comes in our lives? The problems with circumstances is what? They're constantly changing. So you have hope, but then you encounter trials and challenges. And when you do that, maybe you try to push through it. Maybe you're just saying, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. I'm just going to push through. But that only lasts so long until eventually you find yourself in a place of disappointment and you're still trying to drag yourself back out of it maybe but eventually that gets us to a place of despair where we say why am I even trying this is what happens in a diet when I eat broccoli for a week and don't lose weight and I'm like why am I even doing it I am at despair and to worldly hope is just going to look like chips and salsa for me today for lunch right But do you see how this cycle happens in our lives? And here's what we do, when we get to despair, even the world, the secular world will say, you can't stay there, go get you a counselor. Go get you a therapist. And you're gonna go, and by the way, not against those things, but you're gonna hear, hey, quit focusing on that circumstance, and instead, think about the good things. Hey, find you a new circumstance. So this is what we do, isn't it? Well, maybe I need a new job, or maybe I need a new relationship, or, or maybe I need a new church, or maybe I need more money. And we find something that, again, re-inspires and reinvigorates our worldly hope, and we start the cycle all the way back over again. But I'll tell you, this worldly hope cycle is kind of like one of those treadmills without a motor. Have you ever been on one of those? As you can tell, I'm an expert in treadmills. Thank you. But I tell you, if you've ever been on one of those, it's a whooping. You have to, like, work to get it going. I'm the kind of guy, if you again, if I'm running, you should be running, but you got to turn a treadmill on and have a motor for me to be running. If I'm powering that thing, we're, we're not even walking, probably, right? But it takes a lot of work, and you have to keep it going, and if you slow down, that treadmill is going to slow down, and it's laborious, it's labor-intensive, and, and it's a struggle from the word go. So many of you today are probably exhausted, weary, trying to self propel your life into real hope. But at the end of the day, when we go by our own power, circumstances are always going to change, and this ends in despair until you try to get it moving again. But here's the invitation of Christ stop the cycle, it's not working, friends. Quit going from circumstance to circumstance From circumstance to circumstance And instead the call is to move To a biblical cycle of hope And here's what that looks like Rather than revolving around our circumstances This biblical hope is built On the Holy Spirit of God Friends this treadmill's got a motor You thankful for that? The call of this sermon isn't to Hey get hopeful everybody You can find that message today And by the Lord's grace, I'm not preaching that message. But preachers all over America will tell you 10 things to be more hopeful. And they're just teaching you to run on a treadmill that's propelled by your own strength. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit of God stands ready to change your life and let you experience a real hope. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, we come to know this God of hope through a saving faith. But this faith also is what? A growing faith. And as we've put our hope in the God of hope, and as we're developing this growing faith, what ends up happening, according to the text, is that joy and peace are the product of that life. We move from uh, having hope in circumstances to having a real joy and peace that is absolutely real and tangible in our lives. And that joy and peace leads us to become a people who abound in hope. And this is my favorite part about this. Uh, This this cycle is not a treadmill. Uh, This is more like a flywheel. And I'm not going to get into a physics lesson here. You can kind of look that up later. But what happens is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we are putting our faith in God, what ends up happening is that we develop the fruit of the Spirit that consistently leads us back to the God of hope, that leads us to continuing more of the Spirit, and that momentum carries. And friends, you know what we end up being? What Romans 117 calls living faith to faith. So instead of living circumstance to circumstance by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, we are living from faith to faith and it begins going in that direction. And regardless of what circumstances we find ourselves in, regardless of what you have going on in your life, we become a people who live with a hope that is abounding because the God of hope is working in us every single day. This is the invitation of verse 13. Friends, get off of the worldly treadmill of fake hope. Instead, let the God of hope increase your faith so that you can develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life and you can abound in this real hope. And this is where I want you to lean in for a minute, friends, because I don't want you to leave here focused on feelings instead of reality. I said earlier that our culture is very confused when it comes to words like hope and joy and peace. And y'all, even if we're honest, Holy Spirit. When these words are about feelings and experience and circumstances, your life is on the wrong cycle. And I'm afraid, friends, that so much of modern Christianity is about begging the Holy Spirit for experiences instead of living in the reality of what the Holy Spirit's done in your life. Isn't that what our modern culture has taught us? Oh, please, Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Oh, Lord, as if we get the the pattern right. If, if Rick, if we'd had one more key change, brother, the Spirit would have fell down. Right? Or if y'all would have prayed a little bit harder today, and we'd have begged Him a little bit more to come, we would have experienced the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is not biblical. You cannot get more of the Holy Spirit than you got when you got saved. His presence indwelt you in that moment. All of God the Holy Spirit was poured out upon you and in you when you came to know Jesus. So you don't need to beg, oh Lord, please give us your peace. Please give us your joy. Lord, pour it out on me. Fill me, Lord. I need to experience something so that I can know new joy and new peace. So, so here's what I'm trying to say, friends. We don't all need to load up and try to go to Kentucky to experience revival. We don't need some sort of new experience today. We don't need to try to mix it up and try something different. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness how continues through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence how is it that we have everything we need to to live a godly life and to live for the lord on this side of eternity through the knowledge of christ how do you get the knowledge of christ through the holy spirit of god that you already have is anybody else as hyped about this as me The modern evangelical church has swung and missed on this, friends. We've turned our worship experiences into experience that we hope you can come and we treat it like a Christian filling station. Come here so we can fill you up and then you go empty it out during the week and come back and get filled up again. So I guess we need to sing for an hour and we need to whip ourselves up into some sort of mystical experiential feeling. And then I need to preach a message that makes you feel really good so that you can walk out of here saying, it was good to be in the house of the Lord, but you've actually been in a house of pagans that's about worshiping you. Oh God, forgive us for times we've made this about us. It's so easy to do. It's easy for our pastors to do that. It's easy for you to do that. Who is worship for, friends? God. In fact, some of you had to think about that for a second. It tells me that we've got work to do, right? Well, I just, I don't really like that song. I mean, we really ought to do more hymns, or hymns just don't really, no, I don't like hymns. Or, you know, really, I wish you'd do more just book, verse-by-verse verse preaching. Or, I really wish you'd do a creative series Can I tell you what we want to do when we gather as the people of God? Worship God. And as we worship God, can I tell you what happens, friends? This cycle. Let's not chase experience. Instead, let's chase the Lord through His power and presence. Now, now here's what you might be thinking. As we talk about this cycle, you say, okay, well, Rusty, if that's true, if I don't need to look for an experience, and you say, I've already got everything that I need to have this hope and this joy and this abounding hope, the peace of God, I don't feel that today, so what's going on? I think this could change your life today, friends. Stop looking for your hope and experience. Stop looking for hope in anything in your... Stop looking for the God of hope in your circumstances. Instead, the invitation of this text is to develop a growing faith. And we said already, how do you develop a growing faith? Through the Word of God. And then you let the Holy Spirit work in you. Again, how does the Holy Spirit work in us? We've made this a nebulous, squishy, emotional feeling thing. But what does the Word of God say? How does the Holy Spirit work? According to Galatians 3.2, Paul said that we experience the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit by hearing with faith. Pastor John Piper says it this way. This is an extended quote. I'm going to read it to you, though. The Spirit inspired the Word, and therefore goes where the Word goes. The more of God's Word you know and love, the more of God's Spirit you will experience. What are the things of the Spirit? Again, another word we talk about, and he talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul does. What are the things of the Spirit? When Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit paul was referring to his own spirit inspired teaching therefore above all the teachings of the scripture are the things of the spirit we drink in the spirit by setting our minds on the things of the spirit namely the word of god and you know what the product of that is the fruit of the spirit developing in our lives joy and peace and yes friends hope If you need to experience the God of hope today, the invitation is to let the Holy Spirit of God increase your faith by running to the Word of God where the Holy Spirit meets you there and does a work in and through your life. Quit looking for a new experience and instead go to the ultimate experience where God wants to meet you, mold you, and shape you, and turn you into who it is. He wants you to be open up the living and active Word of God and let Him do work oh it's good news friends and you might think well rusty you kind of chased a rabbit to to get to that conclusion right well you got the holy spirit then you got this and you got the corinthians alright let me do what I probably should have done in the beginning to make this case alright look at verse four for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that's talking about the bible That through the endurance and through the encouragement of the what? Scriptures. We might have what? Hope. There it is. Some of you are like, why didn't you just do that earlier? It's fine. The God of hope has given us the Bible that we might have hope. And His Holy Spirit resides in us to help us grow in knowledge of who God is as we grow in knowledge of His Holy Word. And that growing faith leads us to joy and peace and ultimately causes us to abound with a real hope regardless of what we find ourselves walking through in this life. So friends, don't lose heart. You know how you lose heart is by thinking you might be missing something. There's so many insecure believers walking around this world today because we don't have the Asbury revival experience. Or we have a friend at work who's talking about, oh, at our church yesterday, the Holy Spirit did a wild and crazy thing. Can I tell you what you can say tomorrow at work to that coworker? He did at our church too. We read the Word of God together. We're memorizing a verse as a church family. Our pastor read us the scriptures and explained them in a semi-coherent way. <laughs> and I understood some of it. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. This is, I hope this is freeing some of you today. You've got everything you need through the power of the Holy Spirit right now. You don't have to chase a charismatic experience. You don't have to chase some sort of new thing. If you're missing something today, brothers and sisters, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit of God to speak to your heart as you run to the word of God. And can I tell you, that's a prayer he answers. Oh God of hope, may we know you today through the hope that you provide through the scriptures. I thank you for this time Lord that you've given us to just study your word together and Lord how you use your word to teach us and lead us to truth in a way that is real and that changes us and makes us who you want us to be oh so father God I just ask that you would by your grace help us to get off of the worldly cycle of hope that leaves us empty and hurting and instead, God, that you by your grace would push us to this biblical cycle you've modeled for us in Romans 15, 13. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling within us and meeting us here and residing with us. Thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit goes with us when we leave today. So that we might know your truth, even when we open our Bibles at home today and tomorrow and every day. Oh God, form us, make us, give us a growing faith as we grow in your word and grow with you. Oh, we love you. Thank you.